may be seated. God's beloved people, grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If he would have just stopped talking, things would have been fine. Pleasant, affirming, nostalgic even. In today's gospel text, Jesus is back in Nazareth, his hometown. He was all grown up with a ministry that was flourishing. His preaching and teaching and healing drew a crowd wherever he went in Galilee. It wasn't only the content of Jesus' words that attracted people, but the natural authority and conviction with which he spoke them. Maybe this is why he was given the honor of reading the scroll in the synagogue on the Sabbath. I don't know. But when he read the words from the prophet Isaiah, all eyes were on him. It was clear that he hadn't forgotten the customs and traditions of his people. He was still one of them. All spoke well of him, Luke wrote, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. If the scene ended here, everyone could have gone home happy, appreciative, feeling good about their local boy. But the story doesn't end here because Jesus had more to say. I'm not exactly sure why he reacted in the provocative way he did, but there was something in the way they perceived him, the way they understood the words that he spoke that did not sit well with him. He wasn't their boy. He hadn't returned to Nazareth like some powerful congressman ready to bestow privilege on his own constituency. He was not a mascot loyal to the home team cheering them on. Jesus' mission was to announce the reign of God, a reign which extended far beyond his own people, beyond the boundaries of Nazareth, and Galilee, and Judaism itself. In his words and actions, he embodied the broad reach of God's favor with a special eye for those outside the synagogue, those on the edges of society, on the margins. Jesus challenged their perspective and their expectations of him by reminding them of their shared stories, Remember Elijah, he asked them. There were many local widows that Elijah knew, but God sent him to a foreigner, a stranger, a widow in Zarephath, to receive God's life-giving grace. And Elisha? There were many lepers with whom Elisha could have shared God's healing power, but he healed Naaman, an outsider, a Syrian, This is the nature of God's reign. It is not cozy and parochial just for us. God's mercy and grace extend far beyond our hometown, our people, our tribe. Judging from their reaction, Jesus hit a nerve. They were offended, furious. His intuition about them had proven correct. They believed the good news that they heard Jesus Read from the prophet Isaiah, God's promise of healing and liberation, of justice and jubilee. 
but they seem to have developed a kind of proprietary relationship with these promises, as if the blessings of God, the favor of God, belonged only to them. Jesus challenged this misinterpretation. With divine intuition, he found that tight spot, the place where they were in need of liberation and healing, where they guarded their privilege and felt secure within the safe walls of their covenant with God, where they clearly understood who was in and who was out. It's important to emphasize this is not a Jewish thing. It's a human thing. I know I say that a lot, but these texts have been used to build prejudice and not tear it down. So I need to repeat myself. This is not a Jewish thing. Human beings are like this. I mean, what's the point of being special if other people are special? Or of belonging to a club if we have no say in who else gets to belong? Jesus' message didn't sound like good news anymore. At least not the news they wanted to hear from their hometown boy. So the scene takes an ugly turn. In a foreshadowing of Holy Week, this crowd goes from praise to violence faster than you can say, get out of town. Not exactly the warm reunion that had been imagined. I suppose this shouldn't surprise us. Jesus was the living word of God, after all, and this eternal word will not be tamed or domesticated or owned by us. It does not belong to us, but breaks in on us with comfort and challenge. I think it's fair to say that we prefer the comfort. We like it when God's words affirm us, confirm what we believe about God and ourselves, about others. As Christians, it can be very tempting to turn Jesus into our mascot, cheering us on, making us feel special and privileged in the world. But this is not who he is. He is the living word of God, a word that, according to our first reading, both plucks up and plants, that both pulls down and builds. By the power of the Spirit, the word lands in those places in us that need the light of truth, places of self-deception and blindness. God's word finds those tight spots of prejudice and guarded privilege that need liberation and healing. God's word lands right in those places. And it's so uncomfortable because it calls for change. Not just some little self-improvement plan in which we are in control. Not just some little, like, spiritual Marie Kondo tidying up plan. When God's word lands in us and we have the courage to listen, it has the power to bring nothing short of death and resurrection. When the liberating word of God finds fertile soil in us, we die to the practice of making God in our image of hoarding the blessings of God for ourselves. We die to our notion that Christ somehow belongs to us. We belong to him. Our mission and purpose in the world is to follow his lead, to turn our eyes in the direction that he is looking, toward the margins. His concern for those outside these beautiful walls becomes our concern. 
His message of healing and liberation is the message we are sent to embody in this world, remembering that if the gospel we proclaim is not good news to the poor and liberty to the captives, then it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's word has the power to crack us open. It's like that old Leonard Cohen song, There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So our prayer this morning is not, Come, Lord Jesus, and affirm us. Come and be one of us. Our prayer is, Come, Lord Jesus, and speak to us. Never stop speaking to us. Crack us open. Comfort us and make us uncomfortable. Plant us and prune us. By the power of your word and your wisdom, shape us into who you would have us be, fully human, fully alive, fully yours. Thanks be to God.